It's time for episode 202 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 16th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where the fundamental things apply as time goes by. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my very good co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. Hello, Dan. Welcome back. We missed you. Oh, I knew you did ably in my in my absence. I was delighted to listen to the show last week. Only a little bit of fun at my expense. I really expected more from you guys. I mean, more making fun, that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I, I, I don't, I, I just, I get really worried whenever people do the whole, yes, our co-host is gone because he's dead thing. And I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't like that. That's not a fun game for that's, me to That's play. true. That's true. But I'm glad to be back. And I'm glad to be here with our two wonderful guests this week. To my left, the co-host of so many fantastic podcasts, including the Accidental Tech Podcast, Analog. I, I'm sure there are other shows I could mention, but we'll, we'll stick with those two because we haven't got all day. Casey Liss is here. Hi, Casey. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. It is a pleasure as always. And to my left is the unicorn sidekick, the one and only Kathy Campbell. How are you, Kathy? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. I'm so glad to have you both. Let's kick it off today with my topic, messaging app. So I was away traveling last week, and while I was international, uh, I had a couple people mention like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should add me to uh, WhatsApp so that we can uh, send some messages. And I, I did that. I had WhatsApp installed. I've never really used it that much, though, and even after this week... Still haven't used that much. So my question for you guys are, all those other messaging apps out there, you know, non-sort of iMessage apps, especially if you're using iOS, uh, Allo, WhatsApp, Signal, etc. Do you make use of any of these other messaging apps? Casey, what do you say? Sort of, um, which I know is not really a valid answer. So I do have Allo installed and I used it for about five minutes uh, when it was <laughs> brand new, which from what I gather is true of most people from what i can tell uh i also do have a uh, google duo installed which is uh kind of uh, google's knockoff of facetime it's called duo i think right i don't yep, even know what yep, it is on my it. phone um so anyway so i have those installed duo i do use from time to time to quote unquote facetime with my in-laws because pretty much all my in-laws have uh, android phones and i like i said i never use allo i've never ever used whatsapp signal or any of those other things so basically it's iMessage or nothing for me with the small exception of duo uh, sounds about right for me. Um, I I really pretty much use iMessage for most conversating. Um, if we count, uh, if is we that count... is that talking to Satan? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> conversing with Satan? Yes, uh, just iMessage. Uh, if if we count Slack, then yes, of course I use Slack oh, for yeah, communicating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in terms of uh, Allo and all those other ones, I did just crack open Allo again yesterday uh, because. The former co-host and the current co-host of Material uh, were testing out the new web feature for Allo. And so uh, Russell Ivanovich sent a message to both Yasmin Evian and myself uh, to see if we were even still on the platform. And it took us about eight hours to respond to him. So very clearly, <laughs> we were not using it. Um, I have downloaded WhatsApp twice in the entire existence of it and then ended up kicking it off of my phone because I was just using it so that I could uh, test like two-factor 
factor authentication or something for a, a, a piece of writing that I was doing. So really, it, it pretty much centers around uh, iMessage and and Slack, although occasionally I'll use Twitter for direct messaging. Yeah, I think it really depends on your definition of what a messaging app is. Um, so I use a variety across most of my clients. Um, so iMessage is mainly for like friends and family. Um, but then I have clients that I communicate through Slack, Facebook Messenger, GroupMe, Twitter DMs, Skype, like chats, you know, it kind of, I'm open to most things, um, except I don't really use WhatsApp or Signal or Allo or any of those, mainly because my clients don't use them, so I don't have a need to use them either. First of all, I'm just going to clarify, Micah, if you're talking to Satan, he's clearly a green bubble kind of guy. Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, Obviously. Uh, I, yeah, I'm with most of you guys. I use iMessage pretty much for everything or falling back to like SMS messages. Uh, yeah, that was my brief dabbling in WhatsApp. It was very big when I was in India last year, but I never really knew anybody to talk to there, so it never really came up. Uh, other than that, I do use Slack. I do use Skype, but mainly for podcasting. Every once in a while, people send me things on Facebook Messenger, and I'm like, why? Um, but yeah, I pretty much stick with iMessage. So, uh, I guess that's, uh, that's where the people are for me, but thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to topic number two, which comes from Casey. Yeah. So there's been a lot of smoke, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks around the potential for an LTE equipped Apple watch. And, and that might even be coming in the next month or two. If that happens, is that more or less appealing to you? I mean, do you have an Apple Watch? And, and if so, would you upgrade for LTE? Or would you rather say, eh, no thanks? Honestly, I'm waiting for a change in form factor. I use, and we had heard that that was uh, rumored to be the case with the LTE change, but now we're hearing that maybe it's just going to be an upgrade to LTE. I use my Apple Watch to tell the time and to shut off alarms and uh, change music at a distance. And of course, you know, get notifications from my phone that I then use my phone to reply to because ain't nobody got time for that when it comes to trying to dictate <laughs> on the Apple Watch. <laughs> So, yeah, no, LTE alone does not interest me. Um, I I don't like the idea of having to, to pay for a wireless connection on a device that I don't really like to use singularly uh, in terms of kind of interaction. It's more a, a one-way thing where it's just occasionally whispering to me what's going on. Yeah, I don't really see a need for what the LTE watch would do for me and how I utilize it, mainly because I'm very, very rarely away from my phone. Um, and if it's, if my phone is not in my hand or on my desk, like it's in my purse, which is close enough. So like I'll get my notifications and my watch, yada, yada, but I don't go running. I don't go swimming. I don't do any of that exercise stuff where it would be easier to not have my seven plus with me. So it's, uh, there's the only reason I would upgrade to that is in the future when I sell my series two to my dad and the LTE options are the only ones in the future available. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm with most of you folks. I am using, a, I'm still using an original Series Zero watch. I'm pretty happy with Same it. Here. I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't felt a need to upgrade to the Series Two, and I don't think LTE would be the bullet point to do that for me for many of the reasons you folks have already described. I don't use it enough that I need it for a standalone watch. I don't want to pay for more data. 
I'm a little worried it'll burn through the battery life faster. I mean, to me, the upsides have not been like they're not been compelling yet, and that's because, like Kathy said, I usually have my phone near me. It's really not that much of an issue. On the few occasions where I've taken my watch for a run or something, it's usually just because I want to load it up with some music and run a workout on it. I don't need LTE for either of those things, so I don't think that that's likely to be a huge. Uh, driver, but then again, it also fills in a gap where a lot of people are like, oh, the Apple Watch doesn't have LTE. You still need your phone for it. So maybe that would sell a few people who haven't bought one yet. But for me, it doesn't really make me want to upgrade. Yeah. So generally speaking, I would have said, yeah, whatever. But since I've taken up running in the last couple of months and I run outdoors, at least during the summertime, it would be really nice not to have to carry my phone with me. And I know that, yes, I could, you know, put some music on my Series Zero, et cetera, like Dan was describing. But God forbid I, you know, twist my ankle or explode a knee or something like that, because uh, you know how those are th- those knees, they just explode from time to time. So anyway, um, if, if, God forbid something happened, I don't want to be in a position where I can't call for help. And and I think having LTE on my watch, like I would never actually want to place a phone call that way, but at least knowing that I had an out if I needed it in an emergency situation, that would make a Pretty, pretty big difference to me. I don't want to pay for a whole lot more data, especially if it's like 10 bucks a month, which is absurd, you know, because that's what, you know, iPads tend to be roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of having a lifeline when exercising outdoors, that does sound very appealing. It does sound appealing. And, and uh, yeah, thanks for your thoughts on that. Uh, it's halftime. That's two topics down. So let's talk to you about one of this week's sponsors. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients, and they're building a community of home chefs. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients, and by shipping the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, Blue Apron is also reducing food waste. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. I've used Blue Apron a bunch of times, uh, and I've uh, really enjoyed a lot of the meals I've made there. I've saved all my recipes so I can make some of them again, and in general, I've uh, been pretty happy with my success right there. You can choose from a variety of new recipes every week, or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you, and you'll be able to cook delicious meals like, and I'm always so glad I do this at lunchtime, uh, <laughs> basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes, sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomato spinach and orzo pasta, meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese, and whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad. That's a lot of tomatoes. Uh, There's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. Check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash clockwise. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So get started today by going to blueapron.com slash clockwise. We'd like to thank Blue Apron for support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, halftime's over. Let's go to topic number three. Micah, what do you got for us? Well, I am just curious. What is your single most important source of news? I mean, you've got the the TV with plenty of different channels there to tell you about news, unless you're a cord cutter, in which case you kind of have to go hunting for it. Uh, you got Twitter, you got Facebook, you got all these different ways to to kind of look for the news. So, Kathy, I'm curious. What is your single most important source? I use BuzzFeed. Now, 
The reason I do this is because I can go there and when I see interpolitical commentary here um, and start freaking out, I can then go and do a quiz to find out what kind of fruit tree I am. <laughs> so it cleanses my palate in between these really like well done articles as well. So it's not, um, it's more trustworthy than Facebook or Twitter. Well, Twitter tends to be pretty good, but I just like the succinctness, the links out that are there as need be, but also it's a way for me to in like get it without feeling so overwhelmed that the world is on fire and it's we're all gonna die. <laughs> uh, I get ninety percent of my news from this show, which is a little <laughs> a little paradoxical. No, uh, I have two major sources. One is uh, news that I go looking for, which is to say, when I want to see what's happening in the world. I go to Twitter. For better or for worse, there's a lot of noise there, certainly. And recently, it's certainly become a lot more inundated with news. It used to be like, oh, there's news interspersed with just funny jokes and people to talk to. Now, it's mostly news now. Um, but the other way is that news is the news that comes to me, which is I get the New York Times alerts from the New York Times app. So I usually know if there's something like major that has happened. I get a little blurb on my phone or my watch. Um, I've also got some... At some point, I started looking at the Washington Post in Apple News, and so now I get alerts through Apple News, but I'm not really sure how I did that. Um, it's always amusing, too, because my girlfriend has the the New York Times alerts, too, so sometimes our phones will both buzz, and we'll kind of look at each other and be like, <laughs> what happened now? Um, I used to watch TV news when I was growing up, like around the dinner table with my parents, but I really haven't done that much anymore. And I guess I guess there's one other source, which is I listen to NPR when I'm driving around in my car on the radio. So there you go. That's my that's my news slate. Yeah, I'm relatively similar. I use Twitter, generally speaking, to keep up with the goings on, which is probably not terribly healthy, but it's what I do. Uh, but I also watch um, on every day but Wednesday, I watch headline news in the morning as I'm like making breakfast and, and starting to get ready. Uh, headline news, if you're not familiar, is an offshoot of CNN that, to my eyes anyway, tends to be reasonably level-headed and doesn't lean too dramatically in any particular political direction. Um, but on Wednesday mornings, because it's the middle of the week and I can only handle it once a, once a week, I watch Fox and Friends uh, to see kind of how the other side lives. And I'll just leave it as saying it is fascinating. Let's move on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's fascinating. Um, my yeah, my main sources of news, I guess, would be uh, Twitter for sure, uh, because I follow a couple accounts that are just meant to be kind of breaking news accounts. And as many of you have pointed out, you know, now it seems like every account is is if not breaking news, then sharing breaking news that you may have missed <laughs> all the time. Um, other than that, though, I I actually did. I went and turned on the news alerts for the news app that Apple makes for, for iOS. And I found that to be really, really good um, at giving me kind of what I need to know that day because uh, I follow Axios on there. I follow uh, Mike, CNN, uh, and a couple of other just like big main things. And so those news alerts will pull from those different sites and help kind of give the the bigger perspective. And, you know, that's just specifically talking about 
huge world or US news. Tech news is a whole other thing where I can kind of get that anywhere at any time if I want to. But I have to say, I got to award ultimate points to Kathy because I love that it's like, first I read the news and then I go to a BuzzFeed quiz where I find out if my unicorn horn would be pink, purple, or orange. (laughs) It's a a literal unicorn chaser. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much all for your answers. Let us hear from Kathy. All right. So I know we all have tons of apps. I'm not going to ask you how many apps you actually do have on your phone. Um, But I'm sure that not all of them are business or productivity related. I want to hear not necessarily the most guilty pleasure app on your phone, because I don't believe that you should be guilty about pleasing your mind and whatever. Um, But what one would people most be surprised that you have and use constantly? I just looked it up. Four hundred and ten apps. That's a lot of apps. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, I well because I have that weird uh, habit where I install things to test them, and I just like oh that could be useful someday, and I just never uninstall them. Um, <laughs> so I end up with a lot of apps. See, so, yeah, all right, you threw me through a little bit of a. Uh, let's see, what do I have and use? Because I have so many apps that I download and I use once, and I'm like, oh, that is really useful for this one specific thing, but I don't end up using it like a whole ton. Um, let's see. I guess the one that I feel like I actually use a lot that people would probably be surprised about. You can see I'm stalling for time as I look at my apps. <laughs> uh, it's almost like I didn't prepare for this question. That's ridiculous. Uh, well, at least up until recently, I will say the one I used a lot um, was there was an app for the video game Destiny, uh, which I, I know Casey's co-host John Syracuse paid a bunch of as well and ended up being a super useful way to interact with like your characters on that game um, pretty much like anywhere anytime uh and that was a super useful app i've kind of gotten out of the habit of playing so i don't use that that much i will say the app on here that is sort of the weirdest app that i have actually used is an app that i downloaded recently called scry glass which i think just got sort of discontinued or at least like um functionality moved into another app and essentially it's an app where you can point the camera at a Magic the Gathering card, and it will tell you how much it is worth. Because <laughs> I was going through my nice. old cards, trying to sell them off, and be like, I wonder if this isn't, there's an easier way to do this than typing all these cards into a search engine. Yes, there is. It's pretty cool. So there's my weirdest app that I actually have used Magic. recently. Yeah, you know, I, this is such a cop-out, but I don't really keep anything on my phone that I, that I feel like is particularly odd. Or maybe I just don't know what odd is. I mean, I do have Facebook on my phone. It is the official app. I used Facebook Paper for a long time, which was great uh, when it was still around. I don't have Facebook Messenger installed as a point of silent protest for the constant uh, uh, notifications that we get about how, oh, you should install it. You should install it. But um, but in the spirit, even though Kathy said don't be embarrassed about things, in the spirit of being embarrassed about things, I will say <laughs> that I will occasionally look at some private Twitter lists I have that are the casts of a couple of reality shows that are truly and utterly trashy. And so from time to time, I when I get bored, I will look at a timeline that is just like Vanderpump Rules and all of their cast members yes. or uh, Southern Charm or whatever the case may be, <laughs> uh, which are truly guilty pleasures, but oh, they are delightfully, delightfully pleasurable. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm going to cheat and say two really quickly here. Uh, one is, and, and it's, uh, again, no shame here. I just, this one I think people may not know about. Uh, it's an app called My Talking Pet. 
And it uses uses some like computer vision, sensey type stuff. You take a photo of your dog and (laughs) then you position the the little points across its face and its eyes. And then you record something and it will make the dog's mouth or pet rather move uh, with whatever words that you've said. And you can up the pitch or down the pitch. And so I love making my uh, little boy chihuahua have this really deep voice and say, you know, (laughs) hilarious things. So you can export those videos if you want to. And it was meant to originally just to be a widget and you could like get your weather report from your dog or your cat <laughs> or your animal. Uh, so it's kind of fun. It's called My Talking Pet. And anyone with the pets out there will get a kick out of it. I swear I've like lost my, I don't know, lost my water all over the keyboard <laughs> laughing so hard about it. Uh, and then the other one that I will say is... Micah, you're a monster, called- by the way, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> The other one is an app called Diddy, and you can write words, uh, you can like write a phrase, and then it will take those words and sing them. And so you can apply it to different songs, and the person will actually like sing it out. And it's just, it's very strange, but it's a whole lot of fun. So Diddy and My Talking Pet, you should totally give those a try. That's amazing. Um, So I really enjoy playing Disney Emoji Blitz. Um, and only partially because it comes with an iMessage sticker grouping, so <laughs> I can send stickers of fun Disney characters, which makes me happy. Um, and then uh, recently I just downloaded the new Hamilton app, which is fantastic because you can wear uh, King George's crown, you can put your face on the $10 bill, like it's all sorts of more fun nerdy things as well as line up for lottery tickets for shows if you're nearby so those are my two excellent great choices all around and i've got some new things to check out all right that's four topics down um we have reached the end of our show but i think we have just enough time for a bonus topic and this week's bonus topic is brought to you by our good friends at linode Linode lets you get set up in seconds with their powerful and fast hosting. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans now start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, access to a 40-gigabit network, network, and Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest processors in the cloud market. They have nine data centers spread across the world, meaning that you can serve your customers quickly, along with an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. They also offer super simple scaling, allowing you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks. Best of all, it's all manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. As I mentioned up top, you can get a server with one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month. That's a whole server. You can find hosting plans that aren't that cheap. You can go all the way up the board to 16 gigabytes of RAM for just $60 a month. And across the board, Linode are offering twice the amount of RAM that you'll get elsewhere. Best of all, as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you also get yourself $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code clockwise2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. And now, to the bonus topic. 
Uh, I'm on vacation, as I mentioned to uh, my, my friends here, sort of on vacation, I guess. I'm working vacation. Uh, I'm down at the seaside. And my question for you folks is, are you an ocean person or a lake person? Or perhaps neither. But let's find out. Casey, what do you say? I grew up a lake person. Um, I actually met Marco Armand, one of my co-hosts, uh, at a lake house, uh, and my uh, both sets of grandparents lived off lakes. However, as I've gotten older, I've become more and more entranced by oceans and waves and things of that nature. So I guess both is my official answer, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably still pick lake. <laughs> as beings that can't breathe underwater, it continues <laughs> to boggle the mind that we are so drawn to bodies of water. Pools, lakes, ponds, rivers, streams, don't go chasing waterfalls, oceans, etc. Like I don't I don't get it. I hate the beach. I don't get it. Uh, I am neither an ocean person or a lake person. I used to live in Oceanside, California, and as a kid we'd go to the beach, but I like Micah these days has no understanding or appreciation for bodies of water, especially if you can't see into them and you might hit your your leg against a a, 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 a stick that's underwater, think it's a snake and about have a heart attack and die, which totally didn't happen <laughs> to me, but very well may have at one point. So yeah, neither. Thank you. Mm. Uh, I pick the ocean, not the beach, but the ocean. Um, I prefer our Pacific Northwest beaches because they have less sand. Um, so I go to the rocky ones uh, that... You can still get the smell of the salt sea, water, air stuff, uh, and the sound of the waves without having to get sand everywhere. So that's my answer. So you're saying, I hate sand. It gets everywhere. Yes. Okay, understood. Um, I Though I am at the ocean right now, and I do find the ocean very nice, I am more of a lake person as well. I grew up going to my uncle's house on a lake. Um, the ocean. I'm not really a beach person because I just I sunburn super easily. Uh, so yeah, I'm more of a lake person. But I'll I'll take the ocean. I like the bodies of water, even if you can't see into them and know if that's a snake or a snake. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for your thoughts on that. I appreciate it. We've reached the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our fabulous guest this week, Casey Liss. Thank you so much for being back on Clockwise. Thank you as always. And Kathy Campbell, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Micah, I'm so glad to be back with you as well, and I look forward to our next show coming up next week. Me too, Dan. But until then, we should remind all of our listeners, watch what you say, and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Later. Later.